No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah prophecies that after the Babylonian captivity, the remnant of Israel would return to the Lord in truth. In the meantime, God instructs His people not to fear the Assyrian, for he will be scourged. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 10 on Simply the Bible. Whether we like it or not, God is sovereign over the kingdoms of men. He raises up leaders and deposes them. He uses nations to accomplish his will. Now, because the northern kingdom of Israel had been disobedient to God and idolatrous, God raised up the Assyrians to defeat them and ultimately to take them into captivity. The southern kingdom of Judah was only a little more righteous than their fellow Israelites in the north. Therefore, God would allow the Assyrians to invade Judah, but he would not allow them to take Jerusalem. God sets the boundaries for nations. He limits what they can accomplish. The problem with the Assyrians was their pride. God raised up the king of Assyria and gave him numerous military victories. He conquered nations. He conquered gods, so to speak, but he boasted as if he had done it all by his own hand. Now God would cut down the Assyrians after he had used them to discipline his own people because God hates pride and arrogance. We continue today in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 20. And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob will never again depend on him who defeated them, but will depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. When times are bad, people think of the good old days, but often such thinking is the result of a poor memory because the days of old weren't all that good. The truth is that there has been evil in every age, going back from the dawn of man. But God preserves a portion of his people in any age. And he calls this the remnant. It is the remnant of righteous souls who do not cave into the pressures and the lawlessness and the rebellion of the world around them. They stand their ground for righteousness and truth. They are salt and light. They are God's examples to a rebellious, darkened world. And they refuse to bow to the gods of this age. Now, when times were bad, Israel often made the mistake of leaning on the arm of flesh, not realizing that they were reaping the consequences of forsaking the Lord. They turned to other nations and other gods to help them. The northern kingdom of Israel had made a treaty with Syria, but Syria had been an enemy to them, and yet they tried to reach out to them for help. King Ahaz of the southern kingdom of Judah had hired the king of Assyria, but God rebuked both the northern and southern kingdoms of Israel for leaning on the arm of flesh rather than seeking him and depending upon his deliverance. Now, the time was coming in the future when they would depend upon the Lord and not upon foreign entities. They would trust in him with all their hearts 
and not rely on these unholy alliances. Verse 21, the remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob to the mighty God. For though your people, O Israel, be as the sand of the sea, a remnant of them will return. The destruction decreed shall overflow with righteousness, for the Lord God of hosts will make a determined end in the midst of all the land. Now, who is the Lord talking about here, and when would they return? Bible commentators are divided. The context seems to indicate that God is speaking to the remnant of the northern kingdom of Israel, because soon the Assyrians would conquer them and displace the majority of them, taking them away into captivity. However, in time, a remnant of them would return to the land, but some commentators think that Isaiah is looking far ahead to the day of the Lord when God will defeat the Antichrist at the battle of Armageddon and gather Israel from all over the world. Now, I see no reason why the fulfillment must be one interpretation or the other, because we often see in Bible prophecy where something is partially fulfilled in the near term and then perfectly fulfilled in the future. God often allows a kind of dress rehearsal before the climactic and culminating event. And this could very well be the case here. We do know that the time is soon coming when this great tribulation will occur, when the man of sin, the Antichrist, will be revealed and will demand to be worshipped as God and the people of Israel will have to flee, we think, into the rock city of Petra during that time. And God will preserve them. God will also preserve 144,000 of them, sealing them during the time of the tribulation. But at the end, at the battle of Armageddon, Jesus Christ will return and will bring victory against the enemies that have come against God and Israel. And then at that time, God will gather the remnant of his people that have survived all this uh, and have been faithful to the Lord, he will bring them back to the promised land, and there they will depend upon him forever. Now, the main point of all of this is whereas Israel had been unfaithful to the Lord in the past, God would bring them back into the land in the future, and then they would be faithful to him. Verse 24, Therefore thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrian." He shall strike you with a rod and lift up his staff against you in the manner of Egypt. For yet a very little while and the indignation will cease, as will my anger in their destruction. Because God would ultimately restore his people to himself and to the promised land, they did not need to fear the Assyrian. God speaks here to the people dwelling in Jerusalem. You see, the Assyrians would invade Judah and defeat many cities. During the days of King Hezekiah, they would lay siege to Jerusalem, and it would look like the inhabitants of the city were doomed. God would use the Assyrians to discipline his people because Judah had also disobeyed. King Ahaz had been a bad king who stopped the worship of Yahweh in the temple in Jerusalem and even built a pagan altar in the temple court like the one he had seen in Damascus, God would strike the people of Judah with the rod of the Assyrians. 
but in a very little while, God's anger against his people would cease. He would then turn and punish the Assyrians for their sin, especially the sin of arrogance. Therefore, the people of Judah and Jerusalem did not need to fear the Assyrians. They needed to fear God. And the same is true with us. We don't need to fear the liberals, the Taliban, the Chinese, the Russians, or even COVID. We need to fear God. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. God delivers those who trust in him. And the Lord of hosts will stir up a scourge for him like the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. As his rod was on the sea, so will he lift it up in the manner of Egypt. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The Lord had used the Assyrians to scourge Israel and Judah, but now God would turn and scourge the Assyrians. How would he do this? He would send one angel who would slay 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in a single night. Then, by 609 BC, the Babylonians would defeat the Assyrians. Never again would they be a world-dominating empire. God would defeat the Assyrians as he had defeated the Midianites before Gideon and as he defeated the Egyptians at the Exodus. Then he would take the oppressive burden off his people. You know, you may be experiencing God's discipline. He may use someone to put a burden on your shoulder or a yoke on your neck for a period of time to teach you, to train you. But then he will destroy that burden and yoke because of his anointing upon you. In a little while, he will set you free to serve him in love and obedience. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Verse 28. He has come to Aeth. He has passed Migron. At Michmash, he has attended to his equipment. They have gone along the ridge. They have taken up lodging at Geba. Ramah is afraid. Gibeah of Saul has fled. Lift up your voice, O daughter of Galim. Cause it to be heard as far as Laish. O poor Anathoth. Madmina has fled. The inhabitants of Gebam seek refuge. As yet he will remain at Nob that day. He will shake his fist at the mount of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. For the most part, these cities were north of Jerusalem, and the king of Assyria would conquer them on his way to come to Jerusalem. He would come up all the way to the walls of Jerusalem and surround her, shaking his fist at the mount of the daughter of Zion as though to take it. Behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will lop off the bough with terror. Those of high stature will be hewn down, and the haughty will be humbled. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with iron, and Lebanon will fall by the mighty one. Just when King Hezekiah thought he and all Jerusalem was doomed, God would send Isaiah to encourage Hezekiah's heart. And we'll get the entire story in Isaiah 36 and 37. Then the Lord would lop off the bow of the Assyrians with terror. 
And that is, he would supernaturally destroy their army and they would be greatly humbled. They would fall beneath the mighty one of Israel never to rise again. Now, like Judah, perhaps we are under the rod of God's discipline. It happens from time to time. God does discipline us just as a father does his children. Jesus said, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. He disciplines us so that we might share in his righteousness and not be condemned with this world. God would rather that we simply listen to his word and repent and do what he says. But sometimes we are stiff-necked and must learn the hard way. Some people may be like the king of Assyria. God has used them, but they've thought more highly of themselves than they ought. Therefore, God must humble them so that they know that everything they have received is a gift of his grace. Whether we are his child receiving his discipline or one who has been prideful whom he must humble, we can't go wrong by simply humbling ourselves before him. Peter said, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. As with Israel, God's plans for us are good because we're the sheep of his pasture, and he will bring us into the promised land of provision when we, in childlike trust, depend upon him alone. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where Isaiah gives a prophecy about the reign of Christ. In the future, the knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth, even changing the nature of the animals. Then God will gather both Jews and Gentiles to worship Him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.